Hello and welcome to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. This show is about artistic inspiration and the creative process. Thank you so much for tuning in. Big thank you to all the patrons who make this show possible. To learn how you can join and support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Music. Let's begin. Hey everybody, this is Brian Wolf, your host. Uh, I just wanted to kind of start the episode by talking about what you're going to hear. So this is in kind of what I've been up to as well. So this week, uh, it's a special episode. I I had uh, James Whalen from the Sims Foundation uh, come on to uh, Zoom and chat with me. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, We kind of talked, it was a lot of fun. We talked about some pretty serious things. Um, You know, I I talked to, you know, different creatives all the time, lots of musicians, artists. um, Yeah, I I had Robonzo, who's a podcaster on the show. He's going to be on next the next episode after this one, so be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, and I, it's you know this is the first time, and I've been wanting to do it for a bit. Is you know where I really talk to a nonprofit about um, how they support creatives, and I think the way that Sims does it uh, kind of helps. They they help musicians here in Austin uh, obtain mental health services and you know that includes kind of therapy in general um and also uh kind of addiction recovery services things like that so it's really important and uh james and i got into some really deep conversations um and we've talked about this stuff a lot uh he and i but i think this is a really you know one thing listening back i think relative to how it could have gone we kept it pretty light so um you know, like it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, James is a good friend of mine. You know, as many of you may know, I, I worked at, at a nonprofit here in Austin. So I got to know James really, really well through that, even though I kind of already knew him going into that job. But, you know, music nonprofits in Austin, it's a uh, it's a small little network. And so I got to run into James quite a bit and it's a lot of fun. So um, it was really cool just to reconnect with him and then also just Shine a spotlight on the Sims Foundation. It's really important. I hope you guys can find a way to support them as they have found a way to support us Austin musicians. And the mental health conversation is just as important as ever right now. So let's all keep talking about it. And uh, hopefully this can be kind of a start. Maybe you uh, hear this episode, you hear some of the things we talk about, and maybe you want to go talk to someone else about mental health and just offer your support and, you know, let them know if there's if they're an Austin musician and you feel like maybe they don't know about the Sims Foundation. Spread the word. They're you know they're they're just doing such important work. So uh, I'll let James kind of explain it. So uh, you know we'll just kind of kick this episode off right now. I'd like to welcome to the show James Whalen from the Sims Foundation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Brian. Uh, it's great to uh, be able to join you for this. Yeah, this is a really special episode to me because, um, you know, so far I've really had different artists on the show kind of talking about art that they've created in their creative process. And I think it um, it's also good to talk about organizations like yours that are supporting creatives and uh, helping creatives thrive in different ways. And I think uh, it's something I really wanted to start focusing on um, kind of moving forward every once in a while having a nonprofit on the show to talk about what they're doing, how they're helping the music community or, or other creative communities. So, um, so I, you know, this is kind of the a first go at it and I'm really, it's really great that you're, you're here representing the Sims foundation. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit about 
Okay, first off, for my listeners that don't know, what is the Sims Foundation? What do you guys do? The Sims Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit. We're based here in Austin, Texas, but we actually serve um, all of the counties throughout Central Texas. And we're focused on getting musicians, music industry professionals, and their dependent family members uh, into mental health services and substance use recovery services. So we help them you know, access it at an affordable level and help them along their, you know, mental health journey, whatever it may be for them uh, to make sure that they get the best care that they want. Yeah. I mean, that's so important. Um, I guess there's, there's no like, you know, big enough way to put how important taking care of uh, mental health is, uh, especially, I mean, do you, do you feel that uh, musicians in particular are particularly vulnerable to mental health or, or substance abuse issues? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually. Um, you know, a lot of research has been done on this sort of thing and creatives in general, um, not just musicians, but also, you know, artists, um, actors, uh, people who are, you know, a little bit more, um, I guess, left-brained uh it's, it's been found that they will um, suffer from mental health issues at a higher frequency than the general public. Um, and we already know that one in five adults in the U.S. suffers from some sort of mental health issue. Uh, and that seems to occur a little bit more, um, you know, at higher rates for uh, people in the music industry. You know, part of it is just to do with the sort of mindset that you might have if you're a musician. Um, but, you know, a lot of it as well can be things like environmental factors um, where, you know, back when we used to have uh, this thing called live music, uh, you, you would be spending, you know, multiple nights a week out at bars where there's plenty of alcohol and drugs available. You know, you're out late working on weird schedules, holding down multiple jobs. And, and it's just it, it's it's just really easy, I think, for, for people even who you know, feel like maybe they're, they're a little bit more even keeled to find themselves uh, struggling when they are musicians or working in the music industry. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, obviously uh, this past year has been insane. I mean, the transition within the music industry, uh, you know, being a musician myself, just all of a sudden there's no gigs happening. Um, you know, and I think now there are some gigs happening, but I'm, I'm not there yet where I want to do that. But um just, you know, adjusting to this life of like, okay, if you want to play live, it's going to be a live stream through a computer screen and the applause is going to be in the form of comments and things like that. I mean, have you, which is very strange to get used to. It's, it's not the same. I could tell you <laughs> if you're wondering if that kind of makes up for that, that feeling of applause or like people dancing or like singing along to the words in person, it, it doesn't, it's something, but you know, it's, it's something that I think a lot of us musicians kind of get hooked on, you know, and you know, it's a lot of us musicians, I think we might be sort of addictive in general. And that's maybe one of our addictions, at least I can speak from my experience. Um, so to have that sort of just taken away for such a long amount of time, it's been a crazy adjustment for me. I don't know if that's a story that you hear a lot from people. Yeah, ab absolutely. You know, and I think I think the mental health conversation around music and the music industry, you know, just one year ago, we would have been having a completely different conversation. 
than we are now. We would, you know, be focusing on on a lot of the, you know, current events, uh, you know, and, and things that are happening when there is a live music industry. But a year later, we're in a completely different place because this is one of the hardest hit industries, you know, by the pandemic. We have, you know, music venues in Austin that are that, that have shut down and aren't going to open back up. We've got a lot of musicians who are probably invested in their new careers now because they weren't able to make money, um, you know, playing music. And so, you know, what I think what I saw and then what we saw with Sims was just this, you know, tidal wave effect of having the rug pulled out from under the entire music community here in Austin um, and Central Texas. And they, you know, were expected to just just deal with it, just to pivot once again. It, it seems like even before the pandemic hit, there was there it was never that you could just be a great musician. You always had to be a great musician and you had to be good at marketing and you had to be good at, you know, the business aspects of it, of, you know, all this other stuff. If, if your music wasn't cutting through, it wasn't, you know, it didn't matter how good you, you were, you had to be good at all these other things. So I think musicians always feel like they've been constantly told to pivot and, you know, you have to, to work two or three jobs to supplement what you're doing, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, getting, you know, your ego fed on stage you know, and getting that rush when, when, you know, you have people applauding for you, that's apparently supposed to be enough. Um, (laughs) It was, was an absurd notion uh, before the pandemic and it's, you know, just as much now. And so, yeah, the, you know, just, just the fallout of, of what, you know, has happened since live music uh, has shut down has, has been really enormous. Absolutely. Um, You know, and I guess, at the Sims Foundation, I mean, it, it has to be uh, really something for you guys to have to pivot during this time and, and do. Uh, yeah, I hate to use those buzzwords because it's just, but there's just no really great way to describe it other than just the ones you hear all the time. And these unprecedented, I might as well just throw mm. them all in there. Um, the new normal, yeah. And the new normal uh, and these unprecedented times, you've had to pivot. Uh, no, I mean, seriously, what have you guys been doing differently over the last year? I know you've been at Sims for a while. Is it? three four years now maybe uh, it's gonna be four years in june okay would you say that this is by far the most challenging year <laughs> that you've been working there or just is it different i mean how where would yeah you- it's it's been incredibly challenging um i think you know we, we we had to you know just like everyone else change what we were doing um you know within a moment's notice uh i remember one night um, yeah, back in, in March last year, we were all out at the Austin Music Awards, uh, having a good time and feeling, you know, a little bit, a little bit weary because we knew that, you know, something was happening. I think South by had, had either already been canceled at that point or was, you know, going to be canceled. So we knew things were going to change. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think the actual, um, you know, the, the, I don't think we really understood how much things would change um, and how quickly and how long it would take to get back to normal. Uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, that the first time that, that I kind of woke up, um, you know, to work from home on a Monday morning and, and then Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, I was like, Oh, this is, you know, pretty nice. I can yeah. 
deal with this. I don't have to shower right away, get into the office. And now I'm just, you know, just dying to get back into the office, dying to get back out and, you know, and, and to be around people again. Um, you know, so, so I guess to, to, to get back to the main point of your question, we had to really start rethinking how we served our clients. Um, for a lot of people, especially in substance use recovery, we like to have them come into the SIMS office, sit down with you know our clinical staff, check in with them, make sure that they have that one-on-one time with us so that, that they know that we're still invested in their well-being and helping them on their recovery path. And we couldn't do that anymore. And in the first couple months or so, what we were seeing a lot, especially with substance use recovery people, was they were trying to you know, decompensate on their own. They were trying to, you know, stop drinking on their own, stop using drugs on their own. And, you know, in, in some cases that turned out really, really badly because you need to be able to have, you know, that face-to-face connection uh, to, to keep down that recovery path uh, for a lot of people, not just because it's difficult, but also, you know, because detoxing on your own is incredibly dangerous. So, you know, we're, we're seeing things like that. We were, um, starting to have to, you know, figure out how um, our office dynamics were, were going to change because, you know, I think in, in any kind of, of office uh, setting, your team, you know, needs to be able to meet with each other. And, and for, you know, for, for what we do, a lot of times, um, you know, our clinical staff will be in meetings with clients throughout the entire day. So our interactions are less, you know, sit down meetings, but five to 10 minute chats, you know, in their offices, you know, between then. And so it really hurt our ability to communicate with each other um, early on a little bit. And we had to, you know, to adapt to that. We had to adapt to the fact that we're a mental health nonprofit, but all of us, you know, our, our mental health was hurting, you know, it, it's, it certainly affected me. It certainly affected a lot of our other staff. You know, we also had to really make sure that we were focusing on, on self-care, which, you know, can be difficult when you're trying to help others. Um, but, you know, we, we had to, I think, you know, for some of us, um, you know, we had to take a break, uh, step back and, um, you know, make sure that, that we are okay so that we can be our best selves to help other people. Um, you know, I think for, for me in, in the summer last year, um, there was, there was just a week where I just, I, I felt like I was, you know, I, I felt like I was just losing it. I felt disconnected from the rest of the world. And, you know, I think, I think there's sort of a similar feeling that a lot of people had, um, but, you know, what I was grateful for was when I spoke to both, um, you know, when, when I spoke to people at Sims about it that I work with, they were understanding and, you know, told me to take some time off. And I took that time off and it, you know, helped a lot. It, it was, you know, good to, to be able to kind of feel like I was in an environment where, um, you know, the, the, the people that I was working with were also making sure that they were looking after me. And I felt yeah. really to be working for Sims at that time. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's that old expression, it's something like you can't pour from an empty glass, is that, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that kind yeah. of applies here, and I think that that's important that that's understood. It's not just like, uh, well, you have to do your job, you know, and like get it done, because I mean, that would be just absolutely against, you know, kind of the compassion that Sims is all about, you know, and, and projects out into the world. So it's nice that, you know, uh, to know that like, 
you as employees are also treated with compassion and understanding and things like that. So I, I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. And uh, so, so what is your role exactly at the Sims Foundation? So I am the development and marketing coordinator. Uh, so what that means is I handle um, a good amount of our social media presence, um, our digital media in general. Uh, so a lot of our communications uh, with, with our supporters and our donors and the general public, um, I will handle a lot of that. Uh, I help to coordinate events for SIMS, oversee our volunteers, uh, you know, put together fundraising campaigns. And, you know, I do a lot of, um, I do all of this, you know, working in tandem with, um, with my uh, development and marketing director, um, Betsy, who we brought on uh, just um, before the pandemic hit last year. She started in, in January with us. So, you know, yeah. Our, right now, yeah, our, our jobs right now have basically been to try to raise money as much as we can and try to, you know, make the public just kind of aware that, you know, that we're here to help, that, you know, we're still able to kind of keep, you know, helping people and, and we want those conversations to continue to, you know, to help combat stigma and stuff like that. So that's sort of what my job entails. Yeah. And I mean, one thing I've noticed with the social media that I think is, is really great and everyone should go check out is it, it's just at Sims foundation, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. All platforms. It's just at Sims foundation. Yeah. So Facebook, Instagram, uh, simsfoundation.org, just go check out everything they're doing. Um, but I think, uh, something that's really great, that you're doing is um, there are messages such as like, you are not alone and you'll get through this and, you know, sort of encouraging things that are more general that, you know, it's funny because if you were to read it and not understand what you guys are and what you represent, you might think, oh, that's kind of cheesy or something, but like really people need to hear that stuff and, and they need to hear it from, you know, people that really care and mean it. And I know that you guys do. And I think that that's, um, a really great use of social media and uh, to remind people that they're not alone and, you know, they'll get through this just tough situation. It's just been a lot of, a lot of tough situations within a year, you know, and I think to, to be reminded that we do have this community, we do have people that care for us um, and all that. I'm speaking as musicians. I mean, that's really important. Um, And I think another thing that you do is uh, you get the word out about, different messaging that the music community should hear like relief funds that might be available to them. I mean, I, I read the newsletter every month and it seems like there's something in there that's not really Sims foundation directly related, but it's you just trying to just throw a line out to musicians that might be interested in, in the stuff that you're saying. And I think that's really great. And I just wanted to thank you for doing that. And please, please keep doing that. It's important. I thank you so much for saying that. I really, I really do appreciate that. Um, yeah, you know, both those things are, um, I think sometimes maybe, you know, not not the most direct route to kind of helping to market yourself. Um, but, you know, I, I, I kind of, I do both of those, those things, uh, you know, trying to get some positive messages onto our social media um, and out to our supporters and also, you know, help boost Um, eyes on other organizations that are out there because, you know, I I feel like um, with, with other organizations, you know, we always are 
doing better when we're working together. Um, you know, the, the winter storm that, um, you know, happened uh, just this past week before, you know, we recorded this, people got through it because they helped each other because their neighbors were there for them because people got together quickly. They organized, you know, they, they, they were, um, you know, they were selfless in, in how they acted. And I think that, you know, rings true on a broader scale too. Um, I think Austin, you know, music support nonprofits, we've got over a hundred of them in, in Austin. And, you know, we all really just kind of want, I think the same thing. And that's the, the strongest, best possible situation for our music community to, to thrive. So, you know, I, I love to, yeah, to be able to, to work with other organizations, you know, whenever we can, like Austin Music Foundation uh, and, and HAM and, and highlight, I think, cool things that I see are happening within the music community uh, because that just, to me, it, it feels like it's all connected to our broader mission. If, you know, if it, if it improves um, situations for other people, then, then it's going to help, I think, the community's overall well-being. Uh, you know, and same with, with the positive messages. Um, sometimes, you know, I think, you know, we can only help so many people who are, you know, who are clients of ours. We can help only help so many people get into um, counseling services and, and recovery services and things like that. But, you know, we can at least use our platform to try to help those who aren't in the music industry or who don't live in Texas, you know, who, who, yeah, who, who wouldn't be able to, to become Sims clients at this point? Uh, you know, sometimes I think it's, you know, I feel really good when, when I go and I find just a really uplifting, positive message on social media. And, you know, knowing how that makes me feel, I like to, you know, use the Sims platform whenever I can to try to give that back. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think with this show, uh, one important thing for me is to try to find... Uh, different kind of through lines, you know, that kind of occur within different, because I have different media, like people that do all sorts of different artistic mediums come on the show. I've had authors, painters, uh, songwriters, just about, you know, a lot of, a lot of different things. But, you know, one thing that I'm hearing you talk about is collaboration. And I think that that's something that um, just a, most different kind of artistic fields uh, can benefit from kind of smart, um, and like well thought out collaborations and like you know it's it's interesting because you know you're you talk about that with nonprofits and i think like with uh say like there was a filmmaker i had taylor fredericks you know and he uh he collaborates with you know you know just right down to like hiring the right people to play different roles on in his movies and you know and that kind of stuff it's it's not it's not you know it's not just a one-man army there you know it's like kind of going out and, and getting people who have different skills than you and and having them do their thing and so it seems like in the nonprofit world and i can speak from experience having you know worked at kids in a new group for a couple of years um and collaborating with you on that and having these kind of you know every other month or so we would meet up and maybe maybe even less often than that but something around there but uh you know we'd meet up used to be at a coffee shop, but it turned into virtual meetings. But, you know, we'd, we'd kind of exchange ideas and try to help each other. And I would say that, you know, at least from my end, we always left those meetings, like just all a little bit smarter and a little bit, you know, 
a little bit more connected at the very least. You know, I think that that is really important. And I guess, uh, yeah, please elaborate on kind of the importance of collaboration for you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every, everything that you said, I, I completely agree with. I think, you know, in, in terms of collaboration, not everyone has all the answers, not every, you know, not every one organization is, is going to have all of the answers unless maybe they're big enough that they can hire enough people. But, you know, I think especially what I got from, you know, those, those coffee and virtual meetups and stuff is that if you at least can bring some of the answers and, you know, in your own perspectives, and then you can bounce them off of people, you know, you can eventually find all the right answers. You can work together to kind of get there. And, you know, I, I found it just to be really important to, to you know, listen to you uh, or to Emily from Austin Music Foundation and, and kind of hear, you know, what, what was happening in, in terms of projects you had going on, in terms of struggles that, you know, you were having personally or your organization was having and, you know, helping to, to just give my, my thoughts on, um, you know, what you might want to do. Um, and then, you know, the same, you know, with me where whatever we had going on with Sims, you know, you, you would, you would be happy to chime in and, and to be able to, to kind of offer your own perspectives. And that to me, just, it, it just helps solve problems that might feel too big to solve uh, when, when you know that you're working with each other and, and, you know, and, and for Sims, it's not just other, you know, nonprofits that, that we're working with too. We, you know, we also work with local businesses who want to give back. We have um, quite a few clients and, and musicians in our community who are looking for ways that, that they can help more people. And, you know, we, it's, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's just about finding people who want to give back, who want to explore new ways to, to help, you know, communities on a broader level and using that to just make us all stronger in what we do. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess next I really want to kind of talk about kind of some of the specifics. I mean, I guess, um, or like, I guess some of the operation side of things like how, okay. Say a musician hears this podcast and they're saying, I would really like some support and I would totally encourage it because I personally, uh, get therapy through Sims and it is it I've I've been doing that every other week on I was Wednesdays now it's Thursdays um, and it's 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 really changed a lot of things about it's really made me a healthier happier person I mean not that uh, I was really going through any sort of crisis uh, at the moment but I think that's something that we've talked about before where you don't really need to be going through a crisis. And I think if it's something that you feel like you can benefit from receiving therapy, I think, you know, you should just go for it. I mean, just like if you think it might help your life and make you uh, happier, you know, it just have for me, it's having a place to go with things I don't really want to talk about with anybody else. And it's so important for me to have that just to know that like, okay, this is something that I'm feeling that I don't really feel comfortable talking about with anyone around me at the moment or I don't want to like necessarily I know it's like I don't want to burden my friends or burden my family with this thing you know but I know that you know I know that I could talk to them about it but I just don't want to and it's really nice to know that I have this place to go you know for an hour uh every other Thursday and just that you know it's uh 
it's I can kind of save those things for that moment. And uh, and it's really important to have that for me and has made a big difference. So anybody out there that's thinking about it, they're on the borderline. They're like, oh, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm struggling enough. I don't know if you, I know I had that conversation with myself. Like, do I deserve this? Like, or do I need this more than any like someone else who's waiting in line? I mean, I would just say, go for it. Sign up, um, you know, and just kind of see, talk to, you know, I'm going to let you kind of talk about the the process of how someone signs up. I, I kind of remember it, but I'm sure you could give the spiel a little bit better. Yeah. You know, I think um, just, just to touch on, on the idea of, you know, someone who's, who's maybe on the fence of whether or not they should go to therapy and they're not, they're not really sure if, you know, um, if it's for them, I would say that, you know, if, if I were to put together a low chart of, you know, should I go to therapy uh, you know, no matter how I set it up, every single one would still end in yes. It's like, am I struggling? Yes. Then yes, you should go to you know therapy. Am I not struggling? You know, you go down a, a you know a couple more. It's like, well, do I think that it, I could benefit from it? You know, is there anything that you know I don't have an outlet to talk about? It, no matter what, like as as. The, the further that you would get down that flow chart, the answer would always lead to yes. I think, I think everyone can benefit from therapy. And if they think that they absolutely cannot, then you definitely should sign up for therapy um, because they're, you know, there, there's, um, you know, potentially, I guess, you know, if, if you're against it, uh, I, think, I think the more that people feel against it um, for themselves, it, you know, a lot of that comes from fear because you have to, to break down some walls uh, within yourself uh, to, to be able to talk openly with, you know, a stranger about these sorts of things. And, and it's really scary. And I, you know, I think maybe some of the people that are, that are most adamantly against going to therapy are, are the ones that could often benefit from it the most. Um, if someone wanted to then sign up for SIM services, uh, we try to make the process pretty easy for them. They can go right on our website, and uh, and the first thing that they would see on the uh, left side is a page that says "Get Support," and so they would be able to check out some of the pages um, in that navigation tab, uh, such as services and eligibility, so they could see what kind of services we can offer people. You know how how to determine whether or not you are eligible to be a SIMS client. Uh, and you can get just kind of an overview of what you would be getting into if, um, if you were to sign up with SIMS. Uh, and then after that, the next couple tabs are for um, active clients who want, to, or, you know, people who want to sign up as new clients and then also returning clients. So it's really just a couple forms that people have to fill out to kind of show that they're eligible to be a client there's, you know, a little bit of information about, you know, what your role is in the music industry, um, you know, what your background is. And then really after that, once, you know, that, that's all taken care of, we then set up an intake call with, with someone from our clinical staff. And we usually try to just keep that really, you know, um, we try to keep that conversation, you know, uh, just, just as helpful as, as possible. We're not you know, when, when, when you set up that call, it's, 
you know, you don't have to go to therapy the next day. You don't have to go to therapy at all. If you don't, if you decide you don't want to, you don't have to go, you know, into any kind of services with us. Um, it's, it's really just a conversation to just get to know people, understand, you know, what it is they might be struggling with, you know, if there is anything, uh, understand how we can help them on their path forward, whatever that may be. And, you know, just really get a sense of, you know, how we're going to be able to help this, this person um, pursuing whatever it is that, that they're looking for, because it's, it's not a one size fits all thing. Um, some people are going to be calling us in, you know, when they are in their absolute worst place, when they're in their rock bottom. Some people are going to call us when everything is, you know, sunshine and rainbows. So, you know, we really don't know until we talk to that person and understand what it is, you know, that they as an individual are looking to get help with. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I remember that process myself. The form was like really easy to fill out. And then, you know, I got that phone call um, shortly after. And I remember um, just feeling like uh, the person on the other line, I, I don't remember who it was off the top. It might have been. I don't think it was Patsy because we knew each other at that point. But uh, I think it was the um, Sophia. Sophia. Yeah, Sophia. Probably um, Sophia. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. And, you know, we talked for a while and kind of i think the main thing that i was thinking was just like i've kind of gone through some things i don't think i've properly sorted them out i wanted to see a therapist and talk about this stuff so i was really kind of like trying to deal with ancient things that might have been still like on my would like pop up sometimes you know and be like an issue for me um but uh you know it's interesting because i was like i want to fix these old things but then it's become this thing where it's just like it's it's part of it's part of my routine. It's part of how I take care of myself now. You know, I think that that's like, you know, you, you want to like, you want to like take, make sure you're eating right. You want to make sure you're exercising, like all these things. And I really put therapy up with that, you know, like just exactly, you know, the ways that we take care of ourselves. Like, you know, as musicians, we want to have time to create, we want to have, you know, you know, all those things I mentioned. And then I think therapy is right there. Like, it's just, if that's something that you think you can benefit from, I know that I have, and I can recommend it entirely. And and James, you know, I love the the flowchart uh, imagery. I think like we should draw that up and post it somewhere. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, you're the marketing guy. I'll let you do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll find yeah. I'll find someone who can do some art that can, <laughs> can take care of that. It's not my bag. <laughs> but um, so I guess uh, my question too, just in case we have uh, therapists that might want to sign up to uh, be a provider. Uh, how would they sign up? And what is that process like? Yeah, they, I mean, they would go to the same, uh, same spot. They'd go to simsfoundation.org. Um, and they would actually go to our get involved section. And we have a page called join the Sims provider network, which gives you all of the info that you would need to know if you were interested. Um, and it, you know, talks about eligibility, which is, you know, pretty strict, uh, you know, you have to um, be a licensed social worker and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, a lot of clinical speak that, that I'm not super well versed in. Um, so, you know, if, if someone wanted to do that, they would go and they would fill out that form, you know, or get in contact with us in another way. And what we do is our executive director, Patsy, um, will, you know, go and 
talk with every, you know, single person it used to be, she would, you know, go and visit and, and sit down with them, but now it's become virtual where, you know, we'll, we'll screen every single person uh, that, that we are considering to become a part of the Sims provider network, make sure that they, you know, they fit some kind of need for our clients. Um, you know, we, you know, are, are trying to, uh, we, we try to have a, a culturally diverse um, provider network because, you know, once you get outside of, you know, like therapy is, is just uh, historically been something that is, you know, very much, uh, you know, a, a white thing. And, and that has to change because, you know, we talk to people, you know, to, to black people, to Latino people, to Asian people, you know, all the time who are really struggling and, you know, they might have some cultural differences in, you know, what they're going through. And, you know, because each therapist is, is an own individual with their own background, with their own thoughts. And it's, you know, not just a robot that can adjust to, to meet every single person. We need to make sure that we are culturally sensitive and we're getting more, you know, mental health providers that can then, um, you know, help reflect the identity of, of our clients. Uh, so that's really important to us to, to make sure that we keep getting more diverse uh, because we want to help everyone, uh, you know, as, as much as possible and, you know, continue to broaden that. So if, you know, a provider ends up kind of being interested in, in um, you know, joining our network and getting involved with Sims and, you know, we've talked with them and everything seems good, uh, you know, what what would then happen is that they would have say maybe three spots available for Sims clients where they will charge us a reduced amount um, in order, you know, for the client to go to therapy. So where they might charge, you know, clients generally $150 an hour, they are charging Sims $50 an hour. And, you know, we ask, we work on a sliding scale. So we, you know, ask clients to chip in what they can, if you can afford, you know, uh, five bucks and, and that's all you can, that's fine. Like we want to make sure you can still get to therapy. If, if you can chip in more, if you got a raise at your job, you know, and, and you can, you know, afford more like that we, you know, try to try to work with, with people so that they are paying what they comfortably can, because, you know, it, it's like the, the, um, you know, payment is, is just a, a difficult barrier for a lot of people because therapy can be incredibly expensive and other mental health and substance use recovery services can be even more expensive. Uh, so, you know, as expensive as therapy is, we know that that, especially as a preventative measure, uh, can really save us money and the community money and, you know, people a lot of hardships in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's super important kind of, uh, doing what we can to remove uh, the barriers to therapy. I mean, that's, you know, really important. And I think, you know, a big, um, a big barrier to therapy, I think, you know, among different cultures and, you know, especially, you know, just, just with society in general is the stigma around mental health. I mean, I know part of your mission is to destigmatize mental health and substance abuse issues. I guess, you know, I, I feel like from my perspective as a society, we've come a long way, um, you know, from when I was a kid to now, you know, and I think 
you know, we're a lot more open about talking about therapy. I think before it was sort of like, a, oh, no, 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 we don't talk about that. You know, like, okay, that's nice. Like, you know, don't don't bring that up, you know, and now it's more something we talk about, like, oh, like, who's your therapist? You know, or like not who's your therapist, but, you know, like, oh, you go to therapy. Oh, that's cool. So do I, you know, like it's it's a lot more and maybe it's just the environment that I'm in. I don't know, but it seems like it's come a long way. And I guess I'm wondering, do you agree with that? And also, how do we keep uh, pushing this in the right direction? I mean, what what things are working to get the stigma kind of to go more so away? I mean, what what things uh, do we need to keep doing? What should we be doing? What do you think? Um, you know, I think, yeah, I, 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 I fully agree with what you said. I think if you were to take... Um, I don't, I don't know if there's ever been a study that sort of quantified uh, mental health stigma um, in, in America or in the world, but if there was, I would imagine it would look like a graph where there's just been a slow and steady climb, uh, you know, over the decades of, you know, it's okay to talk about your mental health and your emotional well-being and stuff like that. And it's just slow and steady, but painfully slow for, you know, probably decades, but over, you know, maybe the last, um, you know, 20 years or so, we start to see it rise a little bit. And then just over the last couple of years, even, it's like you strapped a rocket to it. Um, and it's, it's just felt, it's not only felt more okay to talk about mental health, um, you know, with, with people in your life. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's felt necessary. Uh, I think this past year, especially um, just just the amount of isolation that ha happened because of the pandemic, it put mental health on really the forefront of, of everyone's mind. Um, I think I had more conversations about my own mental health and, and my friend's mental health, um, you know, open conversations that I never would have expected to have even just a couple of years ago, um, you know, just kind of checking in with with you know, friends and, you know, where we would usually talk about, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the football game that, that was just on or the concert that we saw or just, you know, random bullshit. Now we're sort of connecting with each other and, and saying, you know, no, man, I'm, I'm, I haven't been okay lately. Or, you know, I've been, you know, dealing with anxiety attacks. I've been feeling really depressed and it's, you know, it, it's, it's this ability to be vulnerable um, with people that I think has really helped us connect in a way, um, you know, help, help us find a new way to connect uh, when we haven't been able to face to face, um, you know, just just it being something that's necessary to talk about. And I hope we carry that forward uh, once things are back to normal and we don't just, you know, shove all of our feelings and our emotions, you know, back under the bed and, you know, pretend to, to move on like we've learned nothing. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, something that I noticed as a trend over the last few years, too, I mean, before the pandemic and all that, uh, you'd start to see athletes talking about it. You'd start to see like, you know, big musicians coming out and saying like Bruce Springsteen's a great example. Like he he wrote a, uh, you know, whole uh, autobiography about you know kind of his struggle like it, throughout it is really speaking about his struggles with uh with depression and and kind of you know so, sort of I, you guys should go read it it's great but you know um you know there's uh 
he even did like a Broadway musical about that kind of dealt with a lot of that stuff. And it's very emotional and, and important. But I guess, do you think that that stuff helps in a way? Or do you think some people shut it off because they're like, celebrities shouldn't be talking about anything? I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, I think I think there's, yeah, there's always going to be the people who, if they see a celebrity talk about something or if they see, you know, something get talked about too much. Uh, they're just going to just naturally have an adverse reaction to it. Um, you know, I, I, I do see that all the, all the time, you know, where people are like, okay, can we talk about something other than mental health? You know, yeah. it's shoved in our faces all the time. And I'm like, okay, good. We're, I'm, I'm glad that we're at that point where it's, yeah. it's getting to the point where it's annoying people, where it's bothering people. <laughs> you know, That's where it, it should be because, it was ignored for far too long. So now it's in your face and, you know, you can't ignore it um, anymore. But I think in general, people, you know, I, I think even, you know, no matter how cool you think you are, you still have your idols. Um, you know, you still have the people that you'd be starstruck if, if you met. Even, you know, huge celebrities have, have the same thing. You know, so, so as, as much as, you know, I like to pretend that, you know, I would you know, I'm, I'm not ever affected by celebrity endorsements or anything. Like if a musician that I really care about, or if, you know, an athlete that I really care about, uh, you know, or follower, you know, someone like that is, is opening up, um, you know, about their mental health and I'm reading through it and I'm finding some parallels between what they're feeling and what I'm feeling or what they've been through and what I've been through, um, you know, that, then that is going to help. I think, you know, I think with, with celebrities, the huge thing there is, is that, you know, they have a, a platform where, you know, I could put out a post and it could be something that if a million people read it, it would help them um, that, you know, that would be cool. But, you know, the, these, a lot of these, you know, folks like Springsteen have a built-in platform where if they write something, you know, people are going to read it. So I think being able to, you know, to, to, let people know that they're not alone in those struggles in such a massive, um, you know, in, in such a mass way is, is really helpful for people, you know, but it, you know, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't diminish from how important it is to have those micro conversations as well to, you know, to share those posts on your friend's wall that, you know, 20 people might see, you know, or to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone to let them know that they're not alone. Yeah, I think I think that's a big part of it, too. Uh, you know, like you said, you know, I, I think there have been a lot more uh, conversations that I've had with people in my life where it's like, you know, people are, are more open, you know, about talking about, you know, um, mental health and kind of what they're doing to kind of take care of themselves and 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 things like that. And I think that that is, you know, to me. You know, sometimes it's like, yeah, hearing celebrities talk, like, I get it. It's great. You're putting the message out there. That's awesome. You know, I think I think other people might be more affected by that than I am. But like, it's something that like it's it can be powerful, especially if it feels like very genuine. You know, I think that's the important thing for me. But uh, I, I do think that those personal connections that you have and just and just talking to your your network, your circle and just kind of checking in on people like that goes further to me like i think you know what you're saying so i think that's uh that's that's really important so like you know make sure to check in on your friends especially anyone that you know or even you don't know i mean 
you don't you never know what's going on beneath the surface so i just you know i think like just check in on people and just make sure that they're doing okay i think that's important um yeah i think that's kind of how we erase this stigma is just talk about it i mean that's from <laughs> my perspective that seems to be the big thing is keep talking about it never never underestimate the power of, of a check-in um, yeah it can it can help so much and you know, if, if you catch the person at, at the right moment, you might've just, you know, helped them in ways that you can't imagine. And it, you know, it takes so little effort from time to time, but it can really just do a world of good for, for some people. And, you know, especially if for people who have maybe, you know, become a little bit more disconnected from social, from social circles and, you know, from their family and, and stuff during the pandemic, um, you know, and, and feeling like they want some to, you know, check in on them, you know, start the cycle yourself and, and you'll find that, you know, you, you, you realize that more people are going to start reaching out to you than, than you, you know, had, had imagined. Yeah. It's almost like uh, collaborating with our mental health. You know, it's like, we're talking about, you know, with collaboration, we were talking about like the give and take of it. Like, you know, like it's, you know, you bring your ideas and, and help to another organization, like with a meeting, you know, and, you know, and you'd hope that they would too. And that's kind of how it works. And I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. If, you know, you're wanting people to reach out and check in on you and stuff like that, if you think that would feel good, then you should give that to other people and then it'll probably start happening, you know, and it's, it's interesting, you know, um, how, how that connection is, is maybe there. And I guess, you know, kind of, uh, I wanted to ask you, do you guys have a need for volunteers at the moment? I mean, I know that was like a big thing for events, but I don't know if that's still going on. At, at the moment, um, we're not doing a big volunteer push because, yeah, I have I have not not known what to do with our volunteers. Um, you know, yeah. So, yeah, most of most of our volunteer program was, was at events and, and just them being out and, you know, representing Sims. Um so yeah, I guess I've, I've had a year to come up with a good idea to, to how to, but now I'm just uh, hoping to, yeah, I guess run the clock out until events start again um, so that I can get them all re you know, re-engaged because we just, yeah, we had some amazing, amazing volunteers in our program um, just, you know, from, from all over and they all represented Sims really well and they really, you know, wanted to just help spread a positive mental health message um, so yeah, that was just a good way to collaborate with our supporters and with, you know, people from around our community and with clients who wanted to give back. Uh, and I am looking forward to being able to, to have some events again with, with Sims presence so we can really start to, to utilize some of those really awesome people again. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I'll say just from, you know, uh, having the experience of having you guys at the too damn hot affair a couple of times. Um, that's, I believe how we met. I'm pretty sure that mm -hmm. might have been the first yeah. time you and I, uh, met, which I, that would have been like 2016, 2017, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, um, those are a lot of fun. And, you know, one thing that I noticed too, uh, is that, the volunteers knew what they were talking about. Like, you know, I know you were there, you work for Sims, so I, I know that you know what you're talking about, but it was cool that the volunteers, you know, I feel like some organizations might just send people just to have bodies there to take money and that, you know, it's just like, okay, cool. That's great. Uh, but you know, 
if someone were to ask any questions, like they're kind of stumped, you know, but I think that wasn't the case here. And I think that's really cool. And that, that takes a lot of care on your part and a lot of, uh, you know, really being mindful of that. I think that's super important. So, so yeah, kudos. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, you know, one last thing I wanted to ask about is how can people support the Simmons foundation? Say they don't, they don't want to sign up for services or they don't want to provide therapy and they, can't volunteer really at the moment like what are they how can they support you um well there are a few great ways that they can support us financially uh they can head over to foundation.org slash donate uh they can text sims to 44321 uh if if they prefer to uh text by phone or they can paypal us at info at simsfoundation.org uh, and those are three easy ways that they can donate and help um, our cause, because right now, you know, as as boring of, you know, uh, an answer it is, as, as it is, we need money. We are, you know, seeing just an influx of, of people who are needing help. We are looking for ways to, to kind of make sure that we're able to, you know, provide care to all those people uh, who are who are needing it. And, you know, we just need to continue fundraising in order to to do that so you know with our community support we're going to be able to help more and more people and you know potentially expand our services elsewhere uh but you know beyond donating um yeah i think some of the, the things that people can can really do are just to you know follow us on social media uh you know if if you see some kind of community events that are happening where you can go and, and help someone out whether they're sims related or just something that you know we're throwing out there try to get involved um you know make sure that you know you're kind of doing you know your own work to help talk to people about mental health and, and break down the stigmas and you're checking in with your friends and family uh, you know, because that's just part of the bigger picture of, of what we're trying to do is, is just have a community where, you know, people feel supported and people are okay to talk about mental health. Uh, so, you know, those are, you know, some of the bigger things. If, if you're a musician, uh, you know, we, you know, we love to have people live stream for us. We love to, to get musicians involved to kind of help spread the word as, as well, you know, to, to fight that stigma. Um, and, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, I think those are, those are the main ways. Yeah, that's cool. And I definitely have seen, you know, a lot of different kind of events you guys either put together or someone else uh, is doing and kind of doing a benefit for Sims or, you know, things like that. I think that's really, you know, even through this live stream time, you know, the stuff, the fact that that's still happening, you know, even, even if it doesn't raise that much money or whatever, like you don't have to feel like, you know, you have to raise X amount of money to be worth something. It's like, okay, like raising more money is obviously better, but, but at the same time, getting the word out is really important. Even if you have five people watching your live stream, if like one of them has never heard of the Sims foundation and you know, they know a lot of people probably, and maybe they know a musician in their lives that could benefit from something like this, you know, you just never know. So it's just, I guess, don't feel like, you know, you know, that would be my advice to someone out there considering putting together an event like this. Just, just do it. I, I guess, you know, if, if that's something that you want to do, um, because it'd be great and it, it'd be welcomed and, you know, 
uh, the Sims Foundation is fantastic, and it's something that you know. I've I know you guys just had your twenty fifth year last year, which uh, you're hoping to probably would look a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, but you know, stuff, but <laughs> we're gonna go hard on our twenty sixth year, though. We're gonna we're gonna pretend it's just twenty fifth year, you know, part two. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and you know, here's to just. 25 more years, 25 million more years for the Sims Foundation. I think uh, it's so great that you guys made it this this long and uh, and that you've provided so much care for people. I think, and you know, especially musicians in Austin, and that's so important and so great. And uh, I, I just, you know, thank you guys for your work and, and thank you so much for taking the time today to talk to me. Absolutely, Brian. You know, thank you so much for having me. It's It's been really great to be able to kind of sit here and, and talk with you about that and, you know, to, to go in depth a little bit about Sims Foundation because it is a, just a really, really amazing organization that, you know, I fell in love with before I started working for them. And, you know, it was the only organization uh, in the country that, you know, is able to provide direct you know, access to behavioral health care to musicians and music industry professionals. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm constantly amazed by the work that the people that I work with are able to accomplish. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes it, it's, yeah, I have to step back and, and just, you know, be, be just in awe of the effect that they've had on um, our community. So, you know, I'm, I'm always, grateful to, to be able to, to be working for such an incredible organization and really grateful for you for having us and for shining a spotlight on what we do. Absolutely. And you know, I'll always do that whenever I have a chance. So, uh, and I, I, I will do a live stream eventually that supports the Sims foundation. And, you know, if you guys have events, or you need anybody, you know who to call, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> call this guy with the Mets shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I had to mention something about the Mets shirt at some yeah, point. The podcast. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's another thing that James and I have going on. We're bitter, bitter baseball rivals <laughs> that talk trash to each other in almost every email or text exchange that we have. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you know, I think it's something that usually occurs more often in the off season. Yeah, uh, that's once true. The season starts again, then I'm just feeling bad for you. <laughs> you know, I would. Uh, I, I would argue with you, but uh, that's kind of been true. That's just too true. I can't. I can't really deny that. Uh, but hey, here we are in the off season with yeah. uh, with me with optimism again. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, have a great rest of your day. And uh, just really appreciate your time. Ah, uh, thank you so much, Brian. Thank you for listening to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. To support the show, please visit patreon.com slash brianwolfmusic or just like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you and we'll see you next time.